Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. A note of warning. This podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, bringing you high-profile and under-the-radar cases from across the country for the week of June 21st, 2019. I'm Billy Jensen, and this is Owen Michael. Hello there. This week, the former leader of a secret celebrity sex cult finds out his fate in a New York courtroom. A young millionaire is sentenced to prison after a man who owes him money dies digging bunker tunnels underneath his suburban D.C. home. And a fugitive calls out sheriff's deputies who said they released a meth-fed attack squirrel into the wild after a drug raid. But first, a twisted cross-country catfishing tale. What's going on in Anchorage, Owen? This is the case of uh, Denali Bremer. She's an 18-year-old young woman living in Anchorage, Alaska. Police say Denali Bremer met a man online named Tyler, who claimed to be a millionaire. The two developed a relationship and began communicating regularly. Police say Tyler allegedly made a serious offer to Denali. Kill someone, anyone, record the killing, and send pictures and videos to me, and I'll pay you $9 million. Denali Bremer and 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman. It's true, $9 million. It sounds like a legitimate uh, offer, but uh, we'll get into that. Denali Bremer and 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman went to the same high school together. Court documents describe Denali Bremer and Cynthia Hoffman as best friends, on Cynthia's Instagram page, a, pic, a picture of the two of them together is captioned, My BFF. On June 2nd, Denali Bremer and 16-year-old Caden McIntosh reportedly borrowed a friend's car and took Cynthia for a hike along a trail on the Ekultna River, about 30 miles northeast of Anchorage, Alaska. There, police say the two held Cynthia Hoffman, bound her hands and feet with duct tape, and then wrapped her head and mouth with more duct tape. Police say Caden McIntosh then took Denali's 9mm handgun and shot Cynthia in the back of the head, then pushed her body into the river. Police officers found Cynthia's body on the riverbank two days later. Investigators say phone records show that Denali was sending video and photos to Tyler while they were attacking Cynthia Hoffman. Police say Denali and Caden then went to a different park and burned Cynthia's purse and other evidence. So, um... Apparently, Cynthia Hoffman was developmentally disabled. Her dad told reporters he grew alarmed when his daughter did not pick up or return a phone call on June 2nd. When she was still missing the next day, he called police and began searching for his daughter himself. While he was searching, he was getting text messages from one of Cynthia's friends who told him that she had dropped off Cynthia at a park that day, uh, the day before, at her request. I hope she comes home safely. She's my best friend, one text reportedly reads. It was from Denali Bremer. 
but Cynthia's dad only knew her as Angela. The Anchorage Daily News reports that Denali Bremer was known online as Angel. Angel was one of several pseudonyms. Denali's half-sister said she also went by Dakota after she was adopted. The half-sister said she and Denali and others were separated from their mother at a young age because of abuse, and that Denali started going by different names in high school. Denali was questioned by police on June 2nd. I'm sorry, everybody, my family, my friends. I won't be back for a long time. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it, Denali reportedly posted on Snapchat about two weeks ago. Cynthia's father told the Anchorage Daily News her disability just made her want to have friends. That's all she wanted was just to be her friend. The FBI traced the electronic communications between Denali Bremer and Tyler, who Denali believed lived in Kansas. Actually, Tyler is 21-year-old Darren Schillmiller, who lives in Indiana and is not a millionaire. It wasn't even his picture that she had been interacting with. Schillmiller allegedly orchestrated the crimes from his home in New Salisbury, Indiana, a small town of about 600 people 30 miles uh, away from the Kentucky border. Federal prosecutors say in addition to the request for a murder, Schillmiller also had asked Denali to sexually assault an 8- or 9-year-old and a 15-year-old and to send videos of these events. Denali admitted to authorities she did both things. Mm. Only video of the assault on the 15-year-old has been recovered, authorities say. It was reportedly in plain view, according to police, as they were searching her phone looking for evidence in Cynthia Hoffman's murder. After, she, after learning she had been catfished is when Denali Brummer allegedly confessed that she had been recruited by Tyler and told investigators he had asked her to sexually assault children, allegedly giving her specific directions in the assaults. Shill, Shill Miller was arrested within 36 hours of investigators figuring out who he is. He will be extradited to face charges in Alaska. After Cynthia Hoffman was killed, police say Shill Miller, as Tyler, texted Denali saying, quotes, I wish I never made a deal with you in the first place. We can meet, but once I see a cop, I'm telling him or her that I made you rape people and killed Cece. Cece was Cynthia Hoffman's nickname. Wow. So... You know what this reminds me of? This case, it was a, I believe it was a fast food or, or maybe it was a, a retail shop where a guy was on the phone telling the manager that he had to... It's a um, famous case, right. It, uh, you know, he, he had to um, uh, strip search uh, employees and was basically like directing them to do that. Obviously, uh, that as horrific as that was, that, this takes it to a whole nother level. And there will be a, a movie made about this. It's no doubt. Of, it's got a lot of the elements. It, it reminded me of the Slender Man murders as, as well, the, the Wisconsin situation where the, the two girls uh, basically were suggested uh, to kill one of their friends who also one of them, the, one of the friends happened to be developmentally disabled as well. But uh, uh, yeah, this is some, this is somebody with uh, clearly a little bit of uh, leadership issues or, or uh, something along those lines that uh, is willing to follow yeah. stuff like this. And I mean, I mean, Slenderman was so was so much case. more uh, um, tricky because it wasn't they were they didn't think they were going to get anything out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. this was I'm going to get nine million dollars by doing this. And it tells you something that uh, you know, 2019, even an 18 year old can would believe that. A, meeting anybody online is, yeah. is sort of sincere, and B, that $9 million, which A, is kind of a random uh, random amount, and B, like, yes, I'm just so filthy rich that I will give you some stranger. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We've all been teenagers. And then, and it's uh, not only that, it's that she got tough. other people into into this conspiracy. So Denali Bremer had been char- has been charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, second-degree murder, and solicitation to commit murder. 
And Shill Miller faces the same charges, and they also face federal child pornography charges. Now, Denali will be charged as an adult. Caden McIntosh, 16, and Caleb Leland, 19, whose car they borrowed with the alleged promise of a $500,000 payout, are also charged with murder and conspiracy in the case. So they were telling other people, too, listen, we're going we're gonna to kill, apparently, because if they're being charged with murder and conspiracy, they're trying to say that they told them, no, we're going we're gonna to kill this girl. This guy's offering us $9 million. We'll give you 500000 Just let me use your car. And the kids were going along with it. Along with two unidentified ju- uh, juveniles, a male and a female. There's a lot of people here. Yeah. Denali allegedly offered the other four defendants a cut of the money Tyler was going to pay her. Detectives say Denali told Caden to take her gun and shoot Hoffman in the head. Caden has reportedly told jail visitors that it was all Denali's idea and that Denali had actually pulled the trigger. Cynthia Hoffman's father spoke out at a memorial service for his daughter. I have one thing on my mind, and that's to send all six of them to hell. And I ain't going to rest until it's done. Yeah, it's uh, all the elements there are, are awful. And on top of that, it's just heartbreaking that, as he says, this this poor girl just wanted, you know, she wanted to be friends. And she knew a cool older girl, knew a cool other girl from school and uh, wanted, you know, thought they were being friends. Yeah. And this this person allegedly took advantage of that situation. And then it's just the, the sort of the mentality of one person telling you nine million dollars if we kill somebody and then getting four or five other people to, you know, when nobody sends up that red flag and, and calls the police or or or, or says stop. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll find out more details on that. I mean, I, I have to wonder whether she told w- w- exactly what the details mm-hmm. of, the, of the thing were. If if you're getting nine million dollars and I'm only getting five hundred thousand dollars for the use of my truck, right. you know, it's uh, who knows. But uh, obviously, a lot of uh, living in fantasy land here with uh, some of these kids. Yeah. Well, again, with another fantasy land that got uh, pretty horrific, mm-hmm. we've got an update on the Nexium cult. I remember this was the uh, the. Um, the celebrity sex slave cult, I mm-hmm. believe is what they were called. That's, uh, that's pretty succinct. So what's going on there? So Keith Ranier is 58 years old. He was convicted in Brooklyn, New York this week on seven counts of racketeering, conspiracy, wire fraud, forced labor, sex trafficking, and child pornography. He had pleaded not guilty all t- to all charges. Uh, he faces possible life in prison. Ranier founded a group called Nexium. It's spelled in all capital letters, N-X-I-V-M. In 2003, in upstate New York, it was an evolution of a group that he first created in the 90s. He called it. A, he calls it a self-help company. Please call it a sex cult. Nexium offered classes and uh, excuse me. Nexium offered classes and support to more than 15,000 people to date, according to CNN. The classes cost thousands of dollars each, and attendees were encouraged to take more classes and recruit more people into the organization. Features are sometimes attributed as elements of a pyramid scheme. The group made headlines in April of last year when an actress from the TV show Smallville named Allison Mack was arrested on charges of sex sex trafficking and conspiracy. Authorities allege that Allison Mack and Keith Ranier created a group within the group, a female mentorship program is what they called it, a secret society that they called The Vow. You know, and Allison Mack, I believe, played a journalist... I never watched the show. It was a Chloe no, no, Sullivan? No, a student journalist on, on Smallville. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm right on that. Like, you know, but they were... 
she's well known. Yeah, and uh, there, there are other uh, there are others in this group that are associated with the. Uh, either related to celebrities or some of them are, are actually uh, retired actresses and things yeah. like that. But uh, All right. So, to, to again, this is probably coerced. Oh, you know what? She was on Smallville. I'll follow her and do whatever. So here's what was sure. going on in the vow. They were uh, slaves and masters. This is the terminology that they actually use themselves. All the members, except for Keith Rainier, of course, were women. Women recruited other women to be sub- subservient to them and to the mentors above them. And those slaves were encouraged to recruit still other women to be their subordinates, kind of like a strange pyramid scheme mm-hmm. with Keith Rainier sat atop this hierarchy. Allison Mack was allegedly on the first tier with a few other women and only Rainier above her deadline. Hollywood reports that recruits into the secret society of the vow had to give collateral described as rights to her own assets or nude photographs or else damaging information about their friends and family to be admitted into the group. So that's how you that's how you keep people from leaving is because no you're not going to leave we've got this and we've heard collateral uh, otherwise known as dirt or yes. uh, you know blackmail material and there's but there's been alleged. certain there's there's been other uh, high profile uh, oh, religions or cults that mm-hmm. that might do this as well high status women were targeted for recruitment by the group prosecutors said many of the so-called slaves were also required to be branded with a cauterizing pen on the bikini line while the recruit would be held down while naked by other slaves. The brand was a logo of Keith Rainier's initials. All about one, the ego. One woman testified that this ritual was the most pain she had ever experienced. The women in the group were also subject to a starvation diet, according to investigators, and suffered punishments such as whippings with leather straps and standing barefoot in the snow, according to the New York Times. Rainier also began a sexual relationship with a 15-year-old relative of one of his disciples and reportedly kept nude photos of the girl as a, quote, trophy. So you see a lot of the hallmarks of, uh, you see why they call this a cult yes. or at least an organized uh, sort of Ponzi scheme with the ill intention here because, uh, mm-hmm. e- you know, each one of these things, the charismatic leader, a- abso- the, the restrictions, the uh, submission, uh, the whole thing. So uh, the signposts are there. Alison Mack was accused of directing some of her slaves to have sex with Keith Rainier, and if they refused, their collateral would be publicly exposed. Mack allegedly received money and other perks from Rainier as a result of her efforts. Mack pleaded guilty this April to racketeering, sex trafficking, and conspiracy to force labor. She's due to be sentenced in September. Four other women in similar power positions in the group have also pleaded guilty to related charges. In 2017, as stories emerged about the group within the group, Keith Rainier moved to Mexico near Puerto Vallarta. Rainier had planned a big meeting for his first-line masters, as they call themselves, including Allison Mack at this gated property. It's basically a gated luxury community uh, outside Puerto Vallarta. But in March in 2018, Mexican police raided the property after sex trafficking charges against Rainier were brought in the United States. Reports at the time noted that as police left with Rainier, some of his followers, some of these women literally chased the police vehicles down the dirt road in an attempt to rescue, uh, rescue this man. The trial saw about six weeks of testimony from members of the group. Keith Rainier faces possible life in prison at his sentencing in September. Former Nexium members reportedly stood up and applauded in the courtroom when Rainier's verdict was announced Wednesday. Yeah, I'm just hang on a second. I'm just looking up uh, Chloe Sullivan. Yeah, yeah. Here, here and I'm going to read this straight from Wikipedia. Go on. In Smallville, Chloe is Clark Kent's best friend, Lois Lane's cousin, and the editor of the high school newspaper, The Torch. She notices that the media rocks, kryptonite, are mutating the citizens of Smallville, which she tracks on her wall of weird. So she was like, she was playing a journalist. How does that not seep into, you know, there's weird, there's, you know, there's weird shit going on there. It's acting. She wasn't really 
you know, it is. But, uh, you know, uh, if you've seen photos and run uh, some stuff of this online, she's about as wholesome as you could as you could uh, want in a TV star. So yeah. I, I, I see that some I people understand. could be unduly uh, influenced, influenced by, by Yeah, and also like, oh, well, she's a TV star. I'm going to join this. You know, I'll go with her. And then it just Some people it, join some of these organizations get, for yeah. clout in, uh, yep. in, certain, uh, in certain cities. Hey, but you know what, though? We get new stories every week. Subscribe to us here on True Crime Daily uh, on YouTube and on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And also give us a call at 888-548-9758. Share your comments or questions, and we'll run them here uh, on the air and answer them. Add your voice to the conversation. We got a couple this week. I don't think they were suitable for air. No, but we did get some good tips. So uh, thank you, uh, thank you, and keep the calls coming. And keep the, uh, keep the calls coming. And the calls, promise. the calls, by the way, go straight to our email. So no matter where we are, we can actually listen to them uh, straight off of the email. And some of them are interesting. So keep it up, people. We want to hear from you. Yeah. So now we're going to go down to the Bethesda tunnels with Danielle Beckwith. Danielle Beckwith is 28 years old and a millionaire stock trader. Mm-hmm. He's also an accomplished computer engineer and renowned hacker, who has spoken at industry security conferences like DefCon and ShmooCon, reportedly speaking at one conference wearing a fire-resistant suit and mask for anonymity. He was arrested in college, accused of hacking students' email accounts and at least one professor, and key-logging computers in a student lab in 2012. He got two years probation and had to pay about $24,000 in fees and restitution. But he went on to make money in the stock market and relocated. Now, Daniel Beckwith is also extremely concerned about a potential North Korean nuclear strike on Washington, D.C., Underneath his fairly modest suburban home, he began construction of a tunnel, a system of bunkers, in case his fears were realized. And he wanted to keep it all a secret. As one does. Askia Kafra died under the house after an electrical fire started in September 2017, caused, prosecutors said, by narrow, maze-like hoarder conditions throughout the house and faulty electrical wiring caused by daisy chains of electrical cords, extension cords, and power strips. Kafra's body was found naked and charred in the basement. Daniel Beckwith was charged with second-degree murder and involuntary manslaughter, and he stood trial over the last two weeks. So Beckwith was a little uh, either hyper-aware or paranoid, depending on your, uh, your, your stance on the, on the issue here. Beckwith had tried to get other men to do the physical, la- the physical labor of digging uh, the tunnels that he had designed. His demands for operational security during the project, including making them wear blackout goggles and route to the undisclosed location of his house, put them off. As it should. I, it seems like a red flag. Uh, just want to get some day labor and, yeah. uh, you know, jump in the yep. truck, boys. Uh, but wear this first. Until uh, Daniel Beckwith met Askia Kafra online and then in person in 2016, uh, Kafra was looking for funding to start up his, quote, stealth mode, private financial securities company that he was looking to begin. Beckwith gave him the money. Reports are between about uh, $3,000 and $6,000. So while Kaffer worked on his business, he also devoted days at a time to coming over to Beckwith's house blindfolded to dig tunnels underground for $150 per day to, back up, uh, to pay back the money. Uh. WUSA 9 has in-depth and vivid reporting on this whole case. I encourage you to go check it out. They report uh, Kaffer was within a week uh, away from clearing his debts when he died. Uh. There were about 200 feet of tunnels branching down two stories deep that had been dug underneath the house. That's impressive. That's a lot. It is. That's, that's a lot that's... of digging. If you've ever tried to dig a hole, my dad would always say that when we were watching like mob movies. You sure. Know, be like, you know, like, uh, or like Goodfellas. 
Like when, when De Niro's like, you, you're going to dig the hole. And he's like, have you ever tried to dig a hole, especially yeah. like a hole for a body? And I was like, Dad, what are you talking about? He's like, just try to dig a hole. It takes a long time. I don't think he ever buried anybody, but just. I was uh, I was always impressed and, and thought it was really cool on uh, the show Hogan's Heroes because they had this uh, elaborate uh, underground system. But, uh, you know, when you think about the logistics of something like that, that's. Uh, well, just think about how one much guy. you always hear about. And I've. I've Stood a lot of you know you know uh, bank robbers, particularly around here in um, in Los Angeles, and some of the bank robberies that they did, where they were, you oh, have to create an infrastructure first, yeah. um, so the the tunnel doesn't fall in on right. you. Doing it with you know and this they they had six or seven guys doing it with one guy. It's who, quite a who project. Apparently, is just you know wants to start some security thing with three thousand to six thousand dollars, which seems like such a small amount of money. Yeah, I mean, he may have thought he yeah. uh, he had a great deal here. Uh, it's 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 even odder. Uh, reports are that Askia Kafra would sometimes stay down uh, underneath the, the house for days at a time underground digging. There was a mattress down below, and Beckwith would lower food and water down in a bucket uh, as necessary to re- resupply him. He also provided a bucket for uh, you know his other needs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kafra was not allowed in the house. There was also uh, internet access down below. So uh, Kaffer used to he used that to work on a startup business when he wasn't digging. So essentially, this guy's living down there days at a time digging, and then, you know, writing up business proposals or or whatever on uh, on on the internet. But even at the at his house, Beckwith used an internet spoofer, which forwards web traffic to disguise a phone or a computer's real world location. Yeah. So uh, uh, this was designed, obviously, even there to uh, keep it secret from where this man was uh, doing his digging. So Copper had been under the house for several days straight on September 10th, 2017, when he messaged Daniel Beckwith that the lights had been out for hours. Then he messaged Beckwith that he saw smoke. Beckwith said he was sleeping when the message came in. There were multiple calls and messages from Copper, the court document said. And hours later, Beckwith went downstairs and replaced an extension cord on a power strip. And WUSA 9 reports that Beckwith heard the carbon monoxide detector alarm at about 4 p.m., but ignored it thinking it was a breaker beeping in the kitchen, he told police. Apparently something he was uh, used to. Never ignore the carbon monoxide detector. I've seen this happen a bunch of times. Half an hour later, he checked and saw smoke coming up from below the kitchen. First responders later found Kafra steps away from an exit. This week, a judge sentenced Daniel Beckwith to 21 years in prison with all but nine years suspended. So he'll do about a dozen. Mm. Uh, um, uh, Beckwith's uh, attorney told CNN this week this was a purely accidental fire, not a criminal act, and said Daniel Beckwith has already appealed the case. So I guess I'll do nine. All right. Uh, yeah, it's tragic. I mean, especially when this guy is that close, but he was apparently so disoriented by every time he had entered these tunnels, he didn't know the layout of the house. And adding to that is stacks and stacks of, uh, of newspapers and garbage and other detritus, and it's dark. Yeah. And there's smoke. Uh, you know, can't think of a worse way, uh, or I can think of worse ways, but it's a, a, an awful, stupid way to die. Um, but there's a little justice But, uh, there but yeah, on. I mean, it's just the, the this guy was obviously taking advantage of this other, this other guy. And also, that's what we've seen. I mean, this is what we've seen. We've got a pattern here in these stories. It's, it's other people taking advantage of other indeed. people. Indeed. That's all it is. I wonder... Uh, how often, you know, if this had gone gone off, you'd never even hear about this. And you, it sort of makes you wonder about your neighbors next door, particularly mm-hmm. uh, uh, around maybe D.C. But uh, who knows how many underground tunnels and stuff. Yeah. I, if I was hiring somebody to, to dig tunnels underground, I'd be worried about running into somebody else's tunnels underground. I mean, there's a whole yeah. 
there's a whole infrastructure that I'd be worried about. But uh, so we've had we've had this week we've had stories of people taking advantage of other people for for awful awful purposes. Now we go to the meth attack squirrel. We're going to file this under Alabama man. As of this morning, law enforcement personnel are still searching for a 35-year-old Alabama man, Mickey Polk, wanted for possession of a controlled substance and drug paraphernalia and suspected of illegally carrying a firearm. Now, Limestone County officials, sheriff's office, received tips of illegal activity in an apartment in Piney Chapel, Alabama, about a half hour west of Huntsville, and specifically about a, quote, attack squirrel being held and fed methamphetamine there to keep it mean and aggressive. WHNT-TV in Alabama reports the squirrel was believed to have been trained to attack people. A search warrant led to the bust of the place where deputies found meth, drug paraphernalia, body armor, ammunition, and a squirrel in a cage. They arrested 37-year-old Ronnie Reynolds at the location on drug charges and for loitering. Officers from local animal control responded, and Alabama fish and game officials confirmed that keeping a pet squirrel is illegal. FYI. There was not a safe way to test the squirrel for drugs, according to the sheriff's office, so they released it into the wild. The next day, Tuesday of this week, Mickey Polk, the original target of the search, streamed a Facebook Live video in response to the raid. And what did he say? Well, I'm just uh, I'm imagining drug testing the squirrel. Um, boy, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a concept. So uh, Mickey Polk went online, streamed a Facebook Live video. You can't, you can't give squirrels meth. It would kill them. I'm pretty sure. I've never tried it, he says. Polk then goes on to dispute some of the details of the search and charges against him. Polk, by the way, has been in jail 28 times previously on charges including burglary, burglary, robbery, domestic violence, and drug charges. Then he got back to the squirrel, which he promptly produced from his lap and shows to the camera. Quotes, he's just a baby. He's only 10 and a half months old. He is an asshole. He's a mean motherfucker, no doubt. But he's not a trained attack squirrel, and he's not on meth. I'm pretty sure. I better not find out he's on meth anyway. I don't think he likes that shit. Continuing quoting, he, he ain't ever been outside before, so when I pulled up, he was on top of the tree just screaming. When I pulled up and whistled, he got right on my shoulder and came along with me. He uh, also went on to accuse the uh, law enforcement of basically attempted murder on this squirrel since the squirrel had never been out of doors and, and he was left to his own uh, fend for himself out in the wild. Uh, the public is safe, y'all, is what Mickey Polk uh, told told wow. the community this week. A Limestone County Sheriff spokesman told the Associated Press, we don't actually know if he might even have two squirrels. It would just be speculation as to whether it's the same squirrel. Yeah. So, you know, law enforcement, they, you know, they, they have a point. Maybe this squirrel did get away and this guy has another one or uh, they just don't want to give uh, any credence to this man's uh, training regimen for his right. attack squirrel. Polk says he uh, raised the squirrel, feeding it milk and keeping it indoors since, uh, since, the, since it was a baby. The squirrel even uses a litter box. He did admit the squirrel had bitten people in the past, however. Polk has also reportedly kept a raccoon and a tarantula as pets in the past. The Washington Post reports Mickey Polk named this squirrel... D? D's Nuts. Those were with Z's, by the way. Polk has reportedly left it with a licensed person who deals with squirrels and whatnot in Tennessee... He's reportedly arranging to surrender to authorities. We will, uh, will of course, update, update with results of the squirrel drug test, if there ever is one. If he was doing this, that's the thing. Uh, you let it out. You know, he's, he's, he's building an attack squirrel, and then the authorities just let it out. into Building the an attack squirrel. This is like $6 million man. Yeah, right? yeah, we have exactly. the technology. And I just optioned the rights to that. 
Well, uh, yeah, I can't wait to find out more, but uh, that is a solid entry into the new uh, oh, yes. Alabama man. Uh, thanks. Send us your stories about uh, Alabama man if you have. And, of course, let's never forget Florida man. Always good stories. No yes. Florida stories this week, though. Well, you know what? We've got a story out of Utah. Go ahead. All right. Utah man. And, we, you know, we get comments. We do. We get, get a lot of comments. We've got the biggest uh, true crime Facebook page. You should leave a comment on our Leave a comment. Facebook You'll page. Ha- there's a lot of people that like to talk to each other. True crime there's a lot of, uh, it's, a, it's a wholesome community. There's a lot of good stuff going wholesome. on there on Facebook. Utah man says, woman broke into his house to pet his dogs, got a drink, and made herself at home. She also put on his clothes. She told me she lives here. I said, no, you don't. This is my place, Ryan Spurlock said. Spurlock said the woman was even wearing his new clothes. I noticed the bag was there, and she was wearing them too, he said as he picked up the empty shopping bag from the counter. Now, uh, Stephanie S. said, I like the one where the intruder cleaned the house. Why don't these people intrude into my home? Uh Ariana C. said, so she's a wife? Dustin F. said, some guys get it all. I can't even get a text back. Yeah, we've all been there, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff there. It uh, seems to be a trend, though. We are re- uh, we've been reporting at least uh, several times over the last year about uh, people breaking in and doing the dishes or, uh, or you know, petting the dog and yeah. doing different things, which is, uh, you know, it could be worse. It could, it could be worse. We don't know what was going on there. We'll follow that story. and We can follow it on, uh, on True Crime Daily. We got another one, though. It's a little bit harsher. It's a little bit darker. College students accused of pulling duck from Campus Pond and beating it with a baseball bat. Following a party, Thomas Landon Grant and Jacob Fry allegedly beat the white Muscovy duck found on campus before putting it in a bag at a nearby apartment. One of the pair allegedly then beat the duck further in an attempt to, quote, put it out of its misery before dumping the animal in a wooded area. And we got probably about 800 also, comments on this. You one. know, the kicker to that, too, is that uh, that didn't kill the duck. Yeah. Uh, the actual uh, the coach came by later after hearing about the story and found the duck who was still suffering. And basically they euthanized the duck after the fact. So uh, they can't even was, do that. Right. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. You know, uh, Maybelline S uh, says these pretty boys will have a lot of fun behind bars. Those folks like them pretty like them. I have zero empathy for people that hurt animals. Because um, they are definitely capable of, of hurting humans. A lot of people brought up when you know uh, what happens when you, hurt, you start hurting animals. You see a lot of serial killers start with animals That's and then true. they move to people. <sighs> you know, um, both ought to be. Uh, Patricia A said both ought to be put in the ground the way the island folks prepare their kalua pig and roast those two with taro leaves on top. That's pretty specific. That's very specific. Yeah, uh, and. Um, uh, you know, so they tossed the jail for this. You know, it, then it got. It's interesting when you go on our Facebook page. It gets it, sometimes it gets political. Uh, Mateo P said, "So they tossed in jail for this, uh, laughing my ass off. Humans kill tons of animals a day to eat. What a joke." Mallory O said, "Mallory, uh, yeah, yes to eat, not for entertainment. That's why dog fighting is illegal too." Somebody said, "You're an idiot." They beat a duck with an effing bat, and then it got into this whole thing about. Um, uh, you know, veganism, you know, it went off into a whole nother category. As it should. Know? Let's, uh, let's, so let's when keep the government supplies the grocery stores with meat, y'all eat it up for pay and, and you pay for it. When you have no idea how they killed the animal to feed your selfish guts, uh, Mateo sort of ended that string. So yeah, and I'm not uh, too sure that these two uh, college boys were uh, looking for anything to eat, particularly since they left the duck. Uh, yeah. You know, that would have been a saving grace if they had actually kept so, the duck and, uh, and served it for dinner. There might be some plausible yeah, not even legal no. uh, deniability just don't do, there. Just don't do that. So I, I agree. Don't we're gonna, do that. We're going to follow up on that case as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially to see what they get for it, because that's going to be an outrage. Uh, either way, it's going to be an outrage. They can get 10 years and people are going to say that's not enough. 
Uh, one other thing, though, that uh, that you're I'm interested in in Los Angeles. What's that? Police are deploying a RoboCop to monitor public areas. Yes, down in Orange County, right? Uh, this or device no, is, is Huntington, Huntington, Huntington Park. Huntington Park, yeah, Park. right. So that's uh, This device, it looks like R2-D2, but like a cone-shaped R2-D2. Yeah. And I remember staying in the uh, – right after Golden State Killer was caught, we, we flew up to Sacramento. And I'm outside. Uh, I'm in my hotel, and I'm watching what looks like a garbage can mm-hmm. going around where the Sacramento Kings play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell is that? And then I finally – I. I had lunch with some of the guys that caught the Golden State Killer the next day, and it was like, "Yeah, that's that's our robot that's supposed to protect the they, area." They have one robot. The yeah. thing is uh, pretty ridiculous. It moves along on wheels, and uh, like you say, it's it's. I would say R two D two is graceful with his uh, limbs compared to this thing. Well, if, you ever, like a, if you ever watched the making of Star Wars, it wasn't very uh, graceful. It looks, but but yeah. this looks like a garbage can moving along on yes. invisible little wheels. The device it's is in uh, quote an autonomous data machine that is meant to serve outdoors that will use three hundred sixty degree HD video footage to act as an extra set of eyes. That's quote and monitor areas such as parks, city buildings, and corridors where police might not have the time to consistently patrol. Uh, Carlos D. said, how about pay a person a living wage to monitor the parks? Uh, Ferenz K. said, basically rich neighborhoods will receive this. Poor people will continue to get shot by dirty cops. Uh, it just kept it, it, it kept going. A lot of people were uh, upset that it did not look like RoboCop, that it just looked like a trash can. One step at a time here, people. You know, well, you know, it's, the, it's sort of like it's in the headline now. And... Um, a lot of people said there was no way this thing is not going to get kicked down the sewer drain by a bunch of That's kids. That's what I – that was my first uh, my first reaction was thinking about, uh, you know, I was a little bit of a troublemaker as a teenager. And I think that that has a big target on it for any yeah. kid uh, similar. And you could say, yeah, the, the – well, you know, it's it's got 360-degree HD. Anybody that comes up, they'll have it. And then it's actually – it's going to a cloud. But all they got to do is put some stuff on. Go on. Remember, like the guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you how to do it. <laughs> but I remember. Remember the guy that was dressed up as Santa Claus that um, that put wrapping paper over the the cams, uh, the traffic cams in I, Phoenix, I believe. No, I don't know that. Yeah, one. and it's, and like uh, it's sort of like you know you cover yourself in order to do that. So and it was a Christmas gift to the of speeders course, and the motorists to the, to the speeders uh, of Phoenix, the, Arizona, the lawbreakers. So you know what. Check out our content on YouTube and Facebook and TrueCrimeDaily.com. And don't forget to download our weekly podcast on Stitcher, on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And also, if you have comments or questions about the show, call us up and leave a message at 888-548-9758. Of course, remember, we can get those anytime. I can wake up in the middle of the night and get your message. We'd love to hear from you. The advisor recording may be aired in any of our future podcasts. So until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you... Uh, don't do any crimes. Mm-hmm.